ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Here we are. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. The one and only. So much to do today. So much to do. Uh, I hope you're all ready for a great show. Of course, Katie Linnendahl is going to be joining me on the State of Wrestling. We'll talk about pretty much everything that was going on on Raw this week. Seems like WWE is in a it's in a refreshing moment. I don't mean that the moment is refreshing. I mean it's, it's deciding to refresh in this moment. I can't say that it's a phase yet because not enough has happened. But definitely watching Raw on Monday, it felt like, okay, we need new stuff. We need to start throwing ideas at the wall because a lot, a lot of new ideas got thrown out there on Raw on Monday, which isn't a bad thing. I just, I just feel like I wish there was more commitment in the stories, you know, and there, and there was at the end, but I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about more. I got confused as to some of the stories that were introduced in the first couple hours versus how we left the show. Uh, we'll talk about all that in the state of wrestling. Also, today, uh, I'm going to play for you a little bit of the interview that Katie and I did with Willie Geist. Willie Geist is, of course, one of the hosts of the Today Show, who is kind of a wrestling fan, so I wanted to play that for you on the podcast today. First things first. Let's get to the interview. You know what I mean? F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. Is that how you spell it? Carmella. Carmella. Uh, she's kind of taken uh, a lot of... Uh, I wouldn't say she's taken NXT by storm, but she's been very, very successful in NXT. Uh, take, I, w- I mean, saying somebody's taken over by storm is just so cliche. But Carmella um, is one of the interviews that I've had requested to me. I think people just like hearing the, the ladies on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, but uh, we got to talk to Carmella, Katie, and I when we were down at the Performance Center in Orlando. Uh, We were talking about Breaking Ground and how she'll be a part of it, Uh, cameras following her around, we are talking about coming up through NXT, uh, the competitive nature of it. You gotta imagine, I mean, Carmella is a dancer, right, by trade. She started dancing. Uh, To enter into the NXT women's division as the women's divas whatever revolution is beginning has got to be a a very daunting task so uh, let's get into it here it is here's our interview with Carmella live well not live but we did the interview live at the WWE Performance Center and now the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview here we are at the WWE Performance Center Sam Roberts Katie Linendahl and this beauty in the middle is Carmella. Carmella, what's the haps? How you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Uh, Thank of you. course you are. <laughs> what's it like, Carmella? You come on the scene and you debut on television with one of the most popular teams on the NXT roster, Enzo and Cass. Is that a lot of pressure? You know what? It was so exciting to know that I got to be paired with them because I was good friends with them before I was even on TV. So that it could be perfect oh, opportunity, great. you know? However, they had me kind of come out and be mean to Enzo, which was like the biggest no-no. So everyone hated me because I was <laughs> right. so mean to him. 
So that was a little little tough to deal with, but um, got used to it. Well, so what's, what's your what's your background? Where did you come from before this? I have a background in performing and dancing. So I danced for like 24 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cheered for the New England Patriots, and I was a Laker girl. So I have tons of experience with dance. But being a, like a dancer and a cheerleader and a Laker girl and all this stuff, this is where you're just you're in the business of getting people to cheer for you. So the idea that somebody is telling you to say things knowing that you will get booed must have been a foreign concept when you first started getting those boos. It was different because I don't know if that was the intention like, that they were going to have people not like me, you know? Yeah. So it was just kind of happened from me being mean to him. But I knew... I learned quickly that, you know, if people are booing you, you're doing something right. Either right. they're cheering for you or they're booing you, you're doing something right. So I, I kind of like, I got really excited about it. <laughs> but that first night you're like, oh no, they're booing like, me, they're going to fire me. I yeah, don't like this is my first night and everyone hates me. What's going on? But You're like a said. professional hype girl. You're like whole timeline. But don't you have a degree in marketing too? I do have a degree it's in marketing. It's incredible yeah. to see, like, when you read your bio to Sam's point about being a Laker girl, being a New England uh, Patriots cheerleader, and then having a degree in marketing, then coming here, it's like all these things in your life just kind of make sense. Totally. And you know what? I grew up watching wrestling and in wrestling because my dad wrestled when I was younger. He wrestled independently and in the WWE in the 90s. So it's just bringing everything full circle being here in the WWE. Who was your dad? His name was Paul Van Dale. Okay. He, like I said, just wrestled independently. He, well, he was enhancement talent enhancement in WWE. Talent. Is that yes. what we say? Yes. That's what we would call it. Yes. Professional so. jobber, as it's alluded to. <laughs> yeah. I, that's an awesome that, title. You, you would uh, like yeah. that? Cool, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you go through your life, you're like, my dream is to be a wrestling fan, and you end up a professional jobber. That's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good. You made yeah. it pretty far. He must be so totally. proud of you, though. He is. Does he he's come out to the events? He tries to. I mean, he's back in Boston, but uh, it, when he does get a chance to see me, he's so proud. And he watches NXT every single week and is yes. always calling me, telling me what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong. Uh, so it's really cool. I feel like you're in an interesting position now where, yes, you're a great wrestler and you're just growing so much as a wrestler, but also you're this incredible manager. Which direction do you feel like? I feel like you're going to hit this fork where you have to make a choice or they're going to make a choice for you. I know. I feel so lucky because I get the best of both worlds. I get to go out and wrestle on my own, but I still get to be a part of Enzo and Cats, which, as you said, are one of the biggest and most popular acts here in NXT. So I... I can't just choose one. I really enjoy both, especially with my background cheering. I'm out there cheering on my boys, you know? But, um... I just love performing and being in front of the camera. So when I'm out there and wrestling on my own, too, it's such a cool feeling. Just all eyes are on me, you know? Do you We're think not- you're going to have to choose one at some point? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is that overwhelming to think that might have to happen? Well, day- was it before you asked? Ah! <laughs> no, I'm scared. No, I mean, either way, I'm so grateful and I have so much fun either way. So, like, when I'm with the boys, I feel like I'm a certain character. But then when I'm with my by myself, I have to kind of amp it up because I'm just out there by myself, you know? Right, so, you don't have, and like Enzo is like the most energy anybody could ever totally, have. Totally, you can't so top like, that. Yeah, you can't yeah. top that, that's for sure. Right. So, I don't know, either way, it's exciting, but I can't choose, don't make me. How did you end up in the performance center? After this sort of like, obviously, you must have grown up as much as you were watching wrestling, I'm assuming you wanted to be a dancer. I did. And I, then you, you succeeded, obviously. I did, and once I checked that off the list, I, yeah. when I found out about the opportunity... Being a Laker girl is not easy. Right. <laughs> that is some serious auditioning. Right? It's, 
yeah, it's an intense process. I mean, it's pretty. There's like Cut the amount of people that show up that day. I was just like, okay, this is not gonna happen. Plus, if you saw a train wreck, you could see Amy Schumer tried to be a Knicks dancer. Oh. It was not. It was not easy. Good point. It's not easy. It's true. It's true. It's not as easy as you would think. Right. But so, how did you end up here? When I found out about the tryout, I had an agent from dancing. So mm -hmm. they had told me about a tryout here and I just thought I need to nail this. I need this. So I was just mm. in the gym all the time training with my dad. Um, he's a boxer too. So I was like trying to like just get my stamina up. And uh, when I found out about the tryout, I just gave everything I absolutely had for that. And I ended up getting it. So God, so, so lucky. Now that you're part of Breaking Ground, first of all, what was it like to then venture into this world of docu-reality TV? This is something so foreign to me. I've never done anything like this before. So to just have the cameras kind of following you, I, I had no idea what, I was just kind of standing there like, I'm natural, I'm like, this is me being natural. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had no idea. I did not see you as a shy girl though. Right. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> Breaking Ground is made for Carmella. Like, this is a perfect fit. You do your makeup, you get back in bed and go, like, oh, did you I guys just get like here? <laughs> no. You know me. I do. So do you funny. bring the drama on it? I'm curious. You know what? I try to stay away from the drama, honestly. Like, I'm more of like this silly, like, crazy, are you a guys wacky girl? girl. Who are you hanging with most? I hang out with Bailey. Like, we're we're Baymella. I don't know if you know <laughs> that. I didn't yeah. know. We're Baymella, and we're just super silly and crazy. We mess with people like on our little road trips to our shows all the time. We're just messing with people, any opportunity we can get, pranking people, and that's just what I we do. I feel like that says a lot about you. If, if because everybody knows Bailey's so genuine and like the happy <laughs> girl next door. That says a lot about you as a person and the character. I don't know if people you would actually expect, you know, Bailey and Carmella to be best right. friends, you know, but we are. And uh, even though Carmella you see on NXT and on TV, that's a pretty much big exaggerated version of me, who I am. But it's not everything you see. So I think that's what is cool about Breaking Ground. You can kind of see, okay, who is Carmella when she's not in the ring? Was that what you want, Breaking Ground? Is that what you want people to take away from Breaking Ground? More of who you are as a person, or do you want them to see kind of physically what you have to go through? You know, I think both. And honestly, I think if people can watch Breaking Ground and see what we do here and how much work and effort and time it takes to just try to get the chance to get this dream, follow this dream that we have, then like, cool, we're doing our job because it's so much than what people see. It's so much more. It's not just NXT every week. It's, you know, the training on the daily, traveling to the shows and in the gym, outside of the gym, at home, watching tape. There's so much that goes into it. And uh, if you can inspire like one person to just, okay, nothing worth having comes easy. You have right. to work at it and every single day. Um, then that's cool. I hope that people can take that away from watching. All this job. work physically too, but then being a female in this industry, like it might sound silly, but the hair and the makeup and all that, it takes so much time. Oh, day I know. In, day out. Uh, trust me. <laughs> right? I mean, this you doesn't. Fabulous. Thank yeah, you. I'm not going to lie. Thank I you. Love your hair. Like, I appreciate that. You woke up like that. <laughs> I did. Clearly. I did. But I mean, I, I think from even a female or a guy's perspective, how much time you have to spend and what people's expectations of seeing you. Totally. I mean, all done up all the time. Or it's a, wait, that's what you look what? Yeah. You know? And you know, I think that's a cool thing for people to see too. Like this is not who I am all the time. Like I have my hair in a bun and like no makeup and wearing like frumpy workout clothes, but that's me, you know, like what we're showing on TV is, you know, this larger than life character that not everyone uh, can see all the time, like in real life. 
So I think it's cool to kind of just show a different side of everybody. I'm curious to see like two things about you. You love Harry Potter. You love drama movies. Like what are some things that we'd be excited to see? And maybe we will see on Breaking Ground. I have a dog who I'm absolutely obsessed with. So I think that that would be cool. And he's actually best friends with Bailey's dog. Oh my God. <laughs> They're best friends. You guys just need to move in together and just hang out full-time besties. Right. So um, I spend a lot of time with my dog. And then I think that people will be excited to kind of see like a silly side of me because I'm more serious on TV. So I think people will just kind of see a goofy, wacky side. So what's it like for you to enter into the performance center and you're hearing everywhere the stuff that we're doing here and the women that are in here are completely revolutionizing women's wrestling. They're doing things that have never been done before. And you're like, you could teach me how to do it? You know, when I first started, it was um, just beginning the Divas Revolution. Yeah. And uh, watching it when I was younger, I idolized Miss Elizabeth. For me, I was like, yeah. okay, that is a diva. That's what I want to be. She was classy and she always looked the part. She looked fabulous. And that to me is what I want to, want to portray. So to be here now in this time with the Divas Revolution, it's perfect for me. I just, I'm so excited to be able to have the opportunity to show that we're athletes and we're here to work hard and we're not just here to have these little five minute matches that are about how we look. You know, it's more than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Carmela, do you, what are your, what are your goals going forward? Is this one of those things where you came in without any real expectations so you don't have any or are you like no I came here to go straight to the top you did. like I don't have any I never had experience in wrestling so for me I've been in the ring a year and a half and I feel so fortunate I get to travel on these road trips and I'm wrestling on TV already so has your I, confidence elevated um I think it's just uh, kind of a testament to the training and everything we're doing here because, like I said, I don't have experience. To be able to do what I'm doing without experience and having everyone here teaching me, it's so cool. So I just want to keep learning every single day and just make it to the top and be one of the first girls here who've never had experience and the only amount of time training that I've had, I just, you know, straight Do you get nervous top. still? Oh my gosh, all the time, all the time. Every time uh, my music hits, it changes though, because it's like, okay, Carmella mode, I'm on, it's time to get out there right. and just be fabulous, you know? I, I do know, oh, trust me, <laughs> if anybody knows, <laughs> I know. Um, what, are your, what are your workout regimens like? Oh, gosh, we're all training at least five days a week in the gym. Um, I try to lift heavy once or twice a week, but you also have to, you know, ramp up your conditioning and your uh, stamina. So I try to do some cardio circuits and things like that. Switch it up. Can never keep it the same because you got to, you know, switch it up so you can see your results. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Carmela, thank you so much for sitting down with thank us. Thank you so it's much. Truly fabulous. Yeah, oh, it was. It was F A B O U L. It's not great. I mean, when you it's look okay. like this, you don't have to know how to exactly. spell it. Exactly. You know what I mean? At least you're you know so I mean? cute. Thank you so much, Carmella. <laughs> Thank you. <guys>. <laughs> <laughs> Here is Sam Roberts. All right. Big thanks to Carmella for being part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. She was great. Very, very good. And uh, I feel like she's going to be very, very successful. She's got the right attitude. You know, she's motivated to be good. Before we completely move on from the interviews, uh, Willie Geist. Willie Geist is a host on the Today Show. He's a host on MSNBC, and he's part of a big podcast that Katie and I did for Katie.show, which you can get on iTunes and at the website Katie.show. We interviewed Willie Geist and Matt Lauer, uh, which was amazing. But as it turns out, Willie Geist has some wrestling fan in him. We talked to Katie and I talked to Willie about not only going 
to Hulk Hogan Appreciation Night at Madison Square Garden, but also what John Cena is like when he hosts the Today Show. And, uh, well, we got some inside information from Willie Geist, so I wanted to share that with you today on the podcast. Here he is, Willie Geist. Well, I'll ask you a much much easier question, and I see Sam's eyes lighting up over there because he has been dying to get to all things wrestling. Mm -hmm. I mean, before we started talking, Willie comes in, and the first thing he says is that his dad has a pair of Jordans from 85, not Mm -hmm. retro, not re-releases, 85 Jordans. They're mint condition because he couldn't wear them. Because uh, he was a grown person. Still in the closet. A grown person. Yeah. To which I said grown people wear those, but they're mint. Right. I don't consider <laughs> yeah. myself a grown yeah. person. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're mint condition 85, so that blew my mind. And then he was like, oh, and you guys like wrestling too? You know, I was at Hulk Hogan Appreciation Night. And I'm like, Willie, yeah. we have a lot to discuss. Let's talk about that night. Hulk the, Hogan the banner. Appreciation The banner. Oh, so they do. So Hulk Hogan, you were out of town for this one, unfortunately. Right. And you were actually very upset that I went without you. Right. But... They do Hulk Hogan Appreciation Night at Madison Square yep. Garden. They had the garden lit red and yellow. You mm-hmm. know that? Oh, yeah. And so they did this giant celebration, and they had Ric Flair out there, and the NWO came out, and everybody was out there celebrating the career of Hulk Hogan, and the culmination was that they raised a flag that was basically a retired yeah. jersey yes. to represent everything Hulk Hogan had done at Madison Square Garden for like 30 some 30 years. years. Yep, yeah. yep. Then you go online the next day, and... <laughs> You find out. Well, what do you find out? They took the banner down. It was a fake Come thing. On. It was a WWE fake thing. Banner. It wasn't a garden thing at all. So I'm like, oh my God, he's up there with You like, raise a fake jersey? It looked exactly like a banner yeah. that would be... But why even do it in the first place if you're not going to keep it up there? Part of the show yeah. that night. Part of like, the show. Like WWE did it. Madison Square Garden came out the next day and they were like, we have no, nothing to do with no, that. We're no. not keeping that up there. So up Hilarious. next to all the Rangers and the Knicks and all the great championship banners, there goes the Hulk. And for, I was like, you know what? He's given a lot to this yeah. place, right? He sold out this arena. WWE's huge. Good. He's up there. And then I read, I read online <laughs> literally the next day. Someone, I think someone even had a picture of it coming down. <laughs> yeah, they did. Was like, they just yanked it and like put it in a closet somewhere. Right. So the Hulk banner, if you look up, is not there. No. That's so amazing. they appreciated him, but just for that night. Right. It was Hulk Hogan appreciation. No. Night. <laughs> not Let's be clear on that. Uh, 24 hours. But that was fun, man. That was cool. Ric Flair was there. Yeah. He came in, and we didn't know if they were going to throw down in the ring, but then it ended in like this big... Love you, brother. Love you, brother. <laughs> I got one thing to say to you, man. So good. And then you're like, what is it going to be? Yeah. That's a good impersonation. I love you. And then they go in, and they just hold. They yeah. hold it. It was, was super he was awkward. St- he was still, he had his Hulkster, Hulkster voice still. Yeah. He wasn't like, I love you, dude. He was like, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. <laughs> Yeah. I love that you get this inside perspective, though, because Cena has co-hosted the Today Show yes. yeah. He's a multiple good dude. times. Totally a good dude. Like, and you get to see this for, like legit, like behind the scenes. Cena is a super good dude. And what I was saying to you guys earlier is he is such a professional. Like, he comes in. He's like, all right, the thing I'm doing today is I'm co-hosting the Today Show. Yeah. He's got the suit on. He's totally prepared. He's read in on every segment. He's got, like, these really good probing questions that weren't part of the, you know, what our producers gave him. Like, he digs in, and he does a job like that, and he's good. And he's got a sense of humor. He had came with jokes, and um, I was totally impressed by Cena. And we were talking about the possibility of him maybe fighting The Undertaker <gasps> at WrestleMania next year, and he would not spill any beans, but I'm a body language expert. You are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And so, uh, oh yeah, I know, I know. That's <laughs> yeah. the other thing. You have mm. Sports that. news and body yeah, language. Yeah, body language. Respect. And I said, so are you going to fight? The-? This was in a commercial. I said, are you going to fight The Undertaker? And he just came like, I don't know. But the- it was an arch in the eyebrow 
that my training taught me. Right. He's fighting the Undertaker <laughs> exactly at right. WrestleMania. This Done. is breaking news. Why? Well, I, I that says it all to me. I yeah. told Katie that was my prediction that John Cena would wrestle the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and that's going to be it for the Undertaker. He's that done closes right it there. out. I yep. believe so. And you disagree? <sighs> I usually I'm and I'm required to agree with Sam about ninety nine point nine percent of the time, so I have to pick and choose. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I was now knowing this because right. it's remarkable how much you can deduce from the slightest gesture. Yeah. I'm going to go with it. Oh, you're going with it? Yeah. Okay. Because I, like I trust it. you more than Sam. Yeah, I don't oh, like that Willie Geist had to come in and back up my wrestling <laughs> right. opinion. No, no, this <laughs> guy, trust me. Yeah. But, and you're basing it on Embrace Eyebrow. How was Seth Rollins when he came in after Mania? He was cool. Yeah? Don't you guys find like these guys are all like pretty cool? Yeah. And that's what, like I was going to say, it's funny that you say this about Cena, because wrestling fans are all like wanting to find a chink in the armor. Like, he right. be nice all the time. Right. He's got to be unprofessional here. But I've never spoken to, I've never had an interaction with him that was anything but pleasant. And no. I've never spoken to anybody... Like no. you, that that feels the same way, and yeah, like there are, there's no sort of story of like, yeah, but who's the biggest a hole? Right, it's like, <laughs> right, right. I've not met any. They've all been very good to me. Yeah, no, the ones I mean, I haven't met a lot of them, but the ones we've met who come through the studio, or you meet them sometimes backstage, and you get sure. a little bit of a sense of who they really are yep. at one of the events. Just like good, solid dudes. It's also funny to see them a little bit out of character. Like when you're back at these at the arena, uh-huh. and like Rusev is like going through the buffet line, like getting we a saw him sausage at Starbucks. And, a, yeah. and a coffee. He's yeah. like, "We'll have a triple tall like, hey, latte." It was weird. Yeah, right. It was real weird. You know what else was I found having not been to a lot of? I grew up on wrestling. I was a Hulkamaniac. Mm-hmm. Okay, I grew up in wrestling, and so I used to watch it constantly, and it kind of lost it a little bit. And then when I went back to that Hulk night. Like, the themes, it's different guys, but the themes are almost exactly the same. So, Rusev is Nikolai Volkov. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, he comes in the ring and he starts waving the (laughs) Russian flag. It's not Soviet anymore, but it's the Russian flag. The arena boos. Right. And then he's got the fake Brigitte Nielsen handler. It takes you all of 30 seconds to figure out exactly what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Here's how I'm supposed to feel. Got it. Right. And she (laughs) she gets on the mic and she says something like, you know, just the worst trolling ever. She's like... She's like, we miss beautiful Moscow, not like dirty New York City. (laughs) Meanwhile, you look up and she's from like Tallahassee. Of course. Oh, but like the show is so, they're so good at it. They really are. So good. So did you fall out of it? Like as you got into sports, did you fall out of sports Um, entertainment or were you able to combine the two worlds growing up? I think when I, yeah, maybe when I got to maybe high school and I got like more intense and serious about sports. And I just, I don't know, maybe I didn't have time to watch it as much anymore. But I, my, I mean, when I was growing up in, like, middle school and probably early high school, I watched, a, like, a lot of wrestling. You did? Yeah. Yeah. The, I watched a little TBS wrestling, too. You know, you get, like, the, the off-brand. The NWA. The NWA, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was just, like, it was so fun. And, like, the creativity, like, in hindsight of all the characters, I mean... Erwin R. Scheister, like the tax agent. Can I tell you something? That guy? You just brought up Katie Lindholm's favorite wrestler of all, all time. time. That's your favorite wrestler? Of all time. Yes. But like, think what that is. That's just like a guy. Right. With a briefcase cool. and suspenders. And then you get older and you realize. And a wicked that, like, elbow drop. Vince McMahon is just coming up with people that he doesn't like. like right. He hates paying his taxes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he tax guy. Like, Everyone hates taxes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs fantastic. Oh my god, but they're so smart about it and they I don't know if they figured it out, man. I was on a plane with a, a big branding guy and he was talking like he said like the WWE business model going back to the eighties was so ahead of its time when they'd have 
He's like, they created an intercontinental champion so that, like, Latino fans had a guy that they could have as a champion. And, like, they were thinking about these things before a lot of people were. Um, So it's fun to watch, but they're also sort of geniuses. It probably doesn't surprise you because you grew up with it. But, like, I would assume a lot of people around the Today Show... Because I know it's happened when when I and when Katie talks to wrestlers in different media outlets, the people who don't follow yeah. don't really realize that this huge fan base just follows oh. these guys wherever they go. I have right. to imagine that like when you announce any of these guys are going to be on the show, like all of a sudden the plaza is just full of yeah, oh yeah, the John Cena T-shirt. Uh, no, absolutely. If you look at the window behind us on the day Cena host, it's just. It's 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 not Bieber level quite, but like yeah. legions of Cena fans. And do like the, P- the people like who work with you look out there like this? I think they don't quite house? get it the way yeah. I get it. Yeah, I'm like guys, go, go look at the numbers right. every Monday night, right. and you'll yeah. you might be you might change your impression of them. But those, I mean, it's um, the the way they've maintained it and grown it over thirty some years. It's 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 pretty amazing. Here is Sam Roberts. All right, you heard it. I believe it. I'm sorry, by the way. You can see video of that. Uh, we'll tweet it out. I'll put it on NotSam.com as well. But the audio comes from the video. It wasn't mic'd like a studio. But uh, I, I believe that there will absolutely be a Cena-Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Uh, but I want to talk to Katie Linendahl about it. Before I do, make sure you support this podcast. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts, and you can get yourself a Not Sam t-shirt, a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt, whatever you want, they're at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You can also get all of the previous podcasts, as well as my other podcast, uh, Sam Roberts Show on Sirius XM, over at NotSam.com, anytime you want, so check that out. Uh, without further ado, let me bring in Katie Linendahl as we break it down this week in the state of wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. And here we are at State of Wrestling time. Katie Linendahl, you've been all over this podcast. Of course you're here for the State of Wrestling. State of Wrestling Rosebush, where the dirt is always in bloom. (laughs) Matt Bloom. (laughs) Matt Bloom. What'd you think of the Rosebush? Man. I felt like here's the problem. I get it, and I don't, it's it's you don't get it at no, all. Nope, I don't get it at all, Sam. I'll explain to you exactly what happened. But twenty years ago, twenty years ago, there was a sketch as part of Weekend Update on SNL called the Hollywood Minute. So WWE has tapped into the pop culture of twenty years ago and created the Rose Bush. Um, well, didn't they do the same thing by bringing back ECW? <laughs> Whoa! I'm a big fan of ECW, but you just threw me a softball. Sorry. Yeah, I did. Sorry. Um, well, there's a lot to talk about this week. A lot going on inside the state of wrestling. As Lots it going were. on. Um, state in the inside the state of wrestling, and also inside every country. Well, yeah. Is it where we just have a lot of we're melting pot factions. So it's not just the state this week. It's right. it's a it's a. It's a global phenomenon. Well, there's a League of Nations paying attention to the this. The League of Nations, League 50,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the Legion of Doom, the Nation of Domination, whatever it is. You know, it was very strange, I found, watching Raw this week, because I felt like the first two hours of the show were a different show than the last hour. So, in the first two hours, you set up this thing where... 
Summer Ray and Rusev are in love, and Rusev is feuding with Ryback. Well, can we stop right there? Yeah. Because I just think it's very important that right out the gate, we, if you didn't know, right now you know that Rusev never went all the way. All the way. With Summer. Good to know. All the way. Did not go, quote, all the way. See that the, the the amount of times that that was said, I don't know, but it strikes me as what must have happened is some writer said, "Should we mention whether or not they went all the way?" The same writer that wrote Mike Kyoto's "Do You Want to Quit?" And, well, during no. Rusev's Cena, and then and then Vince wrote, McMahon goes, "Yeah, all the way, <laughs> all <laughs> the way." And so the writers just <laughs> add in all the way because they know Vince laughs at it every time. That's good. I think it's the only thing I can think of. Um, Right, so we get this thing, right, where Rusev's in love and he's feuding with Ryback. Then we get this thing where Jack Swagger and Alberto Del Rio... uh, All right, here's my problem with Jack Swagger and Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio comes in. He gives John Cena the soundest beating I've maybe ever seen John Cena take aside from Brock Lesnar. He beat John Cena in, what, 12 minutes with a kick to the head? Like, he beat John Cena clean without a problem to win that U.S. title. At no point did he seem like his victory was in doubt. And now he's afraid of Jack Swagger from Superstars. Superstars. Like, where did that, where, where did, when did Jack Swagger become this guy that was seen a level intimidating? Well, clearly, I mean, any match that you bring up or anything that happened that you brought up, it all culminates with the same confusion. Right. I don't think, I, there's a thread here. Well, so, so okay, so you have that. And you've got Zeb Coulter out there, and he's still talking about Mex America and all this stuff, and Jack Swagger's out there. But then by the end of the show, you've got the Legion of Nations. The Nation of Domination. You're right, the League of Nations of Dominations. Oh, this is another good one for us. This is like the John Cena Open Memorial Wimbledon Crash <laughs> Bandicoot. <laughs> Just that so we can add words yeah, to? Yeah, add words. Um, you got all four of those guys out there. Alberto Del Rio, King Barrett, mm-hmm. Rusev, and Sheamus, and New Day, and New Day's with them, but you don't have Zeb Coulter, you don't have uh, 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 Summer, you don't have Ryback or Jack Swagger coming out to help the four good guys, right? Because if New Day comes out, then you'd be like, oh, Ryback and Jack Swagger both have problems with two of the guys in the ring. So then they would come out to even out the odds, and you've got you know all your good guys on one side versus all your bad guys. But it was almost as if the storylines that we learned about in the first two hours of the show did not apply for the third hour. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you you actually continued to follow it that many hours through because it was just a lot of work for me. Well, it was confusing. And I think, look, I appreciate that WWE is making the effort. I think WWE is is realizing right now that creatively they may be in a little trouble and that, you know, I mean, the ratings are going down and story-wise, things just aren't adding up. Things aren't making sense. So you could tell watching Raw this week that for sure there was a lot that was being tried. I mean, they are in, I don't know if it's panic mode, but they're in some kind of mode to make sure that they get their ratings up, that they start to increase interest in the product. Because the weird thing is they have mainstream publicity. They've got streaming, which is, you know, more than most entertainment 
outlets have these days, their own streaming with well over a million subscribers. They have all this stuff. They've got talent. They've got everything they need, but they're not putting on a show that people are going into work the next day saying, you got to watch this show, right? At the end of the day, when you're putting on a TV show, you still need to do that. I don't like The Walking Dead anymore, but you still know on Monday morning people are going to be talking about The Walking Dead, whether they like it, whether they didn't like it. Like The only... The only thing I disagree with is the fact that, like it or hate it, though, we're still going to be talking about it. Well, we're going to be talking about it because we have a wrestling podcast. Yeah, but you're, you're not introducing a whole new... But you, but on a mainstream level. You're not... in you're, the, Wrestling fan's a wrestling fan. You're not going to introduce a whole new culture. I don't know. See where you're going with this. Because you need somebody who isn't just blindly watching and complaining about it every week like wrestling fans are. You need a conversation that goes like, oh, no, did you hear what happened? That, that, that thing. Did you hear what happened? To somebody that maybe watched wrestling ten years ago, to the people who stopped watching, like like if if you ran into somebody, uh, that that all and lie. and they said I used to watch during the Attitude Era. Could so you give them a reason to watch? Even if they said I stopped watching a year ago, could you give them a reason? But to I watch think we now? have to for sure throw out the idea of like a celebrity is not gonna. No. Uh, we don't want that. No, Make I mean that clear. Celebrities add to compelling storylines if it's a good celebrity. Yeah, but it's like you need compelling stories, period. That's the only thing you need is compelling stories. That's it. Once you have compelling stories, then you start adding all the spice, right? Then you start adding celebrity. Then you start adding this. Then you start adding that. But, I mean, compelling story is the the basic. That's the foundation of what we do. Like, you know, people say they watch for the wrestling, but they don't watch for the wrestling because if they did that, amateur wrestling would be very, very popular. They watch for yeah. the stories. Yeah. You know? And without a foundation of really strong stories, which they have had in the past, it's trouble. It's trouble. And I feel like they're, they're trying right now. And who knows? I got worried because I saw online that Mick Foley last week said he was giving Raw one more week to see if he was going to still be a fan anymore. He, Mick Foley threatened to stop watching WWE. And he said the things that he saw this week on Raw were enough to at least give him hope that something is happening. And that's really, there have been shows where nothing happens. This week, a lot happened. For the better or for the worse, it did definitely seem like we were kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what stuck. Yeah, I would say less of that, more of a Jackson Pollock. Yeah, yeah. We might have thrown too much stuff at the wall. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. It was like you doing one of those spin art things. Better. It's like going to one of those ice cream booths mm-hmm. where you get to pick all your toppings and mm-hmm. just put every topping on. Yeah. And then you just realize, like, it probably would have been fine with just, like, four. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need everything. Yeah, you didn't need it. Just because you have access to everything doesn't mean you need to use it all. Yeah. Yeah. You could cho- choose. The point is the choice. You have the mm. choice of all these options, not, oh, I can use every option? Right. So... Uh, what did you like about Raw this week? Or what, did, what do you like about what's going on in WWE right now? Because there was, there was some good. Kind of put me on the spot. Why don't you go first? And then by the time it gets to me, it's like ordering at a restaurant. And I thought, I'll, I'll figure out what I liked. Oh, I know what I liked. Okay. Sorry. That made no sense um, for me to just pass it off to you. I like the, the, the K jeweler integration <laughs> because um, there's nothing that says that any given Friday or Saturday night, every kiss begins with... Miller Lite, not K. Yeah. I would put my money on that. And I love the K integration during the Ziggler-Breeze match. That's what I liked from Bra. 
Come on. Well, who sits there at K Jewelers and says, let's sponsor Monday Night Raw? Target audience. Well, people get engaged, right? John Cena was there a couple weeks ago. Wrestling fans have to get engaged, too. You can find love as a wrestling fan. You got to get an engagement ring. Well, us as wrestling fans like to find love in a hopeless place, i.e., booze. That's who should be sponsoring the segment. Maybe that's a bit of a tangent, but that's what I like during Raw. I mean, I think if WWE could get Miller Lighter Budweiser to sponsor, they would probably be willing. What did you like? That's a pretty hefty sponsor. Well, uh, I like that they are starting. I feel like, and maybe I'm I'm way off base, but it feels like here and there, there are moments where they're sprinkling in the ability for people to create their own stuff. Like Team Bad yelling unity. Funny you say that, yes. That to me was, I think, did not come from a writer. Unity! Right. And that's from a Dave Chappelle skit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's from the Dave Chappelle, Rick James skit. And I love that skit, and I love Team Bad, and I love Sasha Banks. This is a true story. So the whole thing worked for me. I thought it was fun that they had something. Uh, I, I do feel like they're... Because, you know, at least we know for sure from watching Up, Up, Down, Sasha Banks definitely hangs out with the New Day fellas. Yes. So I think there is some of that rubbing off on Sasha Banks. Uh, I don't think Tamina has a place in Team Bad if it's going to be like a funny group. You know what I mean? Because mm. she wasn't yelling. I guess she could be the bodyguard or whatever. But uh, but the thing that I liked, Sasha Banks winning over Brie Bella. I thought that was great. I thought Sasha Banks looked great. I thought the match was good. Um and I thought it put her in a good spot. I would agree with you. And I guess to stick with the theme on the women's side of things, I did like the the mini kind of heel move. If your dad is the dirtiest player in the game, take advantage of it. Well, it's so weird. I, I liked where that went because I thought it, it wasn't – she didn't commit to being a bad guy. Right. Right. But, yeah. Because we have the potential for a nice slow Slow ramp build. up. Yes. And it's really, really interesting that you bring that up. Because in terms of compelling stories, the Divas might have had a little bit more compelling stories going on this week than the men did. Because you've taken what was, and we talked about this on the show, when they started this quote-unquote Divas revolution, it was all the Divas in the ring all at once, right? And we were going, "How you? There's, it's way too much going on. There's one storyline for every woman and blah, blah, blah. Now... We're actually starting to develop something where you've got Sasha Banks and Brie Bella arguing over Twitter and they have a match. And then you've got uh, 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 Becky and Charlotte. They have that kind of weird tension and Paige is still involved in that and she's not happy. And so right there is two different stories plus everything else you've got going on. You've taken – you've started to spread out in terms of what you can do with the women and then you've gone the opposite route with the men – by putting all the good guys you have and all the bad guys you have just on two competing sides. <laughs> so you just generalize the men the way you did the women when it didn't work. You see what I'm saying? Like to watch seven on four is cool. It should have been seven on six if it you know made sense. But it is like you're you're starting to drift towards this area where you have one story for nine people. Right. You know, and that does that's not really gonna work. You know, you need you need separate stories. What's going on with Dean Ambrose? Why do I care about Dean Ambrose? Not, oh, well, these are all the good guys, so I want to see them beat all the bad guys. Well, Sam, I know, you know, months ago you didn't like to fantasy book, but it's no. been quite popular. And I get quite an education when I ask you now, given this conundrum, 
Now I just feel like it's a, it's all over the place. It's really all over the place. Now what do you do? Um, honestly, like I think if you're going to do a League of Nations thing, you know, Roman Reigns should probably be taking on all of the League of Nations by himself, not with the Usos and Ambrose. I think that should be a separate thing. Um, because it, it's really weird. I mean, Roman Reigns, I guess, is supposed to be sympathetic, and it's supposed to be like, I'm struggling, I'm trying to overcome. I still think, because Roman Reigns has to stand by himself, right? In order to be, if they want him to be the top good guy, I guess I've given up on making Roman Reigns a heel, because you can only say that so many times. How many times can I get on this podcast and go, here's my fantasy booking, I make Roman Reigns a bad guy? Well, if you preface it, you said it 3,000 times, it makes it okay. You think so? Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, it's starting to feel like the people who say John Cena needs to be a bad guy. It's like, well, it's not going to happen. So let's live within the confines of what's going to happen. Uh, I don't think it does Roman Reigns a huge service to have all these guys with him. Cause then he's just like the guy with all the other good guys, as opposed to being like, it's, what was his t-shirt? One versus 100 or whatever it was. Right. Remember? All. One versus all, was that what it was? I think so. I don't know. You're the one with all the Roman Reigns t-shirts. I know, you do have a lot of Roman Reigns <laughs> It was here. one versus all, though. Okay, yeah. good. So we're there. One versus all. Let's start exploring that. Like, how do we have one versus all when there's four of you? One versus all, plus some additional help. Right. How can you be the Lone Rangers? You're not exactly lone. Right. Uh, so I would probably make more of an effort to separate Roman Reigns from the pact. From the pact from the pack um, and have him maybe have some trouble with the League of Nations I don't understand I guess the League of Nations and the authority and the authority are in bed together but that wasn't really made clear on Monday um, I don't want to digress here too much but we we're talking about packs and I, I feel strongly that we have to bring up the Wyatts because I know you were disappointed probably I'm assuming that there, we have we have the pack of the Wyatts, then who got again destroyed to our f- equal frustration now at this point, get destroyed. But then they destroy the leader too. So now you've brought the whole thing down. They they have to stop bringing the Wyatts down. Yeah, this is a problem. I like the Dudleys a lot. Obviously, Tommy Dreamer's been it has on the nothing show to do before. With it. I like it Tommy nothing a lot. to do with it. Yeah, I just I hope, and I see. I always think this, and then I end up being wrong. I would assume that the Wyatts will take out... I mean, look, the Wyatts should be setting the legacy of ECW on fire. They should be destroying the legacy of ECW. You said this with everyone they face. That's what they're supposed to be doing. it's never happened. What happened? You had an established guy like the Ultimate Warrior, right? The Undertaker comes in. A week after he makes his debut, he shoves the Ultimate Warrior in an airtight coffin. The Ultimate Warrior has never looked so weak. I'm with you. You know? So, I uh, yeah, when I see the but Wyatts... But they've never... They're still... I see Bray, who's this... You know, you talk about a cerebral assassin. That's a Bray Wyatt. He's a guy who uses his brain to control things and people, right? And then he's got four giants behind him. He should be destroying the legacy of The Undertaker. Destroying the legacy of ECW. This is a guy who I was under the impression wanted to watch the world burn. And so far, he didn't even have a pack of matches. Yeah, and if he can't burn it, he can't eat it either. Exactly, because that would give you salmonella. Right. Yeah. But I have more of a problem with the fact that, okay, if you're going to bring the Wyatts down, 
bring all of them down except Bray. You don't tar- like Bray shouldn't have been at the heart of that. He should have been the only one standing victorious over it. Yeah, Do you see my point? Yeah, totally. Totally. Th- th- that sets the tone. It was on also Night weird. Raw. He was just like a shove out of no. He shoved him through the table. I don't think that was. I don't Doesn't know. Doesn't matter. I've, he went down. If I've ever known anybody to get shoved through a table, yeah, to get carried out after you get shoved. Your 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 strongest dude is your weakest link. Yeah, and it just made no sense to me. I still think there's room to do it. Uh, I think that they can they can come back from this instance. I, the Wyatts are this group that if you put the time in, as much damage as has been done, you can come out of it. You can have the, but you just have to do it nice and slowly. I would have the Wyatts destroy the legacy of ECW, then come back and destroy something else, and destroy something else, and destroy something else, and you know, I don't know how he gets his vengeance on the Undertaker. Maybe he never does, but I think the Wyatts need to be a force to be reckoned with, and it's rare that you have a character like that that you can do that with. Um, Tell me what you think of this, Katie Landall, because uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin made a lot of news. First, he had Mick Foley on the show, uh, which was big, talking about where the WWE has been going. But Stone Cold Steve Austin has been talking about the fact that he thinks there's too much entertainment. He thinks, Stone Cold thinks that uh, because of shows like Breaking Ground, because of social media where the wrestlers are themselves, not as their characters, because of everything, the audience has become so familiar with the wrestlers as people that they're forgetting who they are as performers and don't care who they are as performers. So, like, and and this is an example. The breaking ground, for me, I'll tell you. The breaking ground example I don't necessarily believe with because I think when you watch a movie, you put in the DVD, it's got extra features, and you see the actor outside of his character, and it doesn't ruin the movie for you. Uh, but he's talking about, like, for instance, Becky Lynch, right? Last week, she loses her match. And she's distraught over it. She's very upset. Then she goes online. And, you know, online, Becky Lynch does pun promos. Like, she just does puns. Wordplay. It's a big hit. But she does one of those about the fact that she just lost her match. And she's kind of laughing about it. And that's where it gets confusing. Because it looks like Becky Lynch, the character. And the social media name is Becky Lynch. And now she's laughing at the loss. So that's it, that, to me, I think can be damaging. I don't know... I don't think documentaries and things like that are necessarily. But what do you think about that? Well, now you're negating your entire point about Reed Flair because you said that wasn't crossing the line where I said clearly this should be a separation of entertainment in real life. Yeah, I mean, not when it's... That's an extreme example, albeit... But that's a public news story. Like, everybody knows that. But my my point is, they're not coming on with their real name. I get... Yeah, but... She's coming out as Charlotte, Ric Flair's daughter. Yeah, so but do you everybody see my knows. Point here? Yeah, but Ric Flair's son is definitely her brother, regardless of whether it's her name or not. Okay, fine. Moving on to give you a short answer on this, I, th- I feel like there's no way to avoid where we've gone though across the board in media with like social media and how people's lives are now right. wide open. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do then? Does do you think it's damaging to wrestling? I think it's changed wrestling. I think that's a good point. Like, meaning, we need to realize this is the world we exist in as far as wrestling goes and, and live in those circumstances. Well, and I also think it, it changes the whole kayfabe in, it, in the sense that, remember how we were talking about how you can't just tell us to shove Roman Reigns down our throat. Now we're, the universe is in control 
of what they're actually what they like, and then that controls the storyline. So there's like a t- couple different things have happened. It's almost like this this whole new modern era of wrestling that has completely changed. Well, what do you think wrestling is more like? Because I was actually thinking about this over the weekend. I went and saw The Illusionists on Broadway. Okay. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. Do you think wrestling is a form of entertainment? As far as I'm concerned, it's not a sport. According to our buddy Xavier Woods, it's like Shakespeare. It's the last form of Shakespeare in the round. That's what Xavier said. I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. Well, he's a wrestler, so I would assume that he would advocate for it. It is, it is Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think that as a form of entertainment, pro wrestling is more like, or should be, more like a television show in the sense that you're watching it aware that what you're watching is a show and you're watching it strictly for entertainment, like Breaking Bad. You know somebody writes this. You know the actors involved are not the characters they're portraying in real life. But, like we were talking about before, it's compelling stories. It's a good show. Uh, Or do you think pro wrestling should be more of an entertainment form like Magic is in the sense that you know it's not real but you don't know how it's done and you don't really see the magicians out of character ever. I don't know if that's avoidable these days. Yeah. I mean, magicians pull it off. You know, Chris Angel is mind freaking everywhere he goes. (laughs) You know, I never see that guy not mind freaking. It takes a severe commitment to the character. You know, that if you really wanted to get deep on this topic though, then you take somebody like, and I don't know what, how many handlers or people Chris Angel has around him, but you go to an event like WrestleMania. Right. And any of the pay-per-views that we go to, we've had this conversation. They don't have assistants and handlers. They are wide open exposed. Right. And they're very generous with their time. They will sign every last autograph. Right. And you're automatically right there. You're yeah. opening up the... Yeah, because you go, there's okay. There's 50 cameras right there. You don't want negative publicity... And for to be known that these wrestlers don't sign autographs, but at the same time, there was a time when bad guy wrestlers did want negative publicity. You know what I mean? There was a time when if there was an, a reputation that Rusev, for instance, had or Bray Wyatt had, that if you saw him on the street, he wouldn't talk to you. Or... Remember when he threw that coffee at me? Who Rusev? At Starbucks. I don't know if he actually threw a coffee at you. He whipped it. It hit me. Did it? Uh huh. Was it hot or iced coffee? It was hot. Burn. Yeah. Wow. We're still going back and forth with how to settle it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a time when something like that would be like good publicity. I made that up. Oh, I thought I was there. I don't know, Sam. I think it's. I think you're answering the question though in the sense that totally different time mm-hmm. in wrestling. Like for instance, Chris, everything's amped up. Chris Jericho said that when he was a bad guy during his last bad guy run, number one, he told them, do not sell any Chris Jericho t-shirts. Do not design any t-shirts. Do not sell any. I don't want anybody in that audience with a Chris Jericho t-shirt. Number two, if he saw a kid in the parking lot ask for his autograph, he would not give it to him because he was bad guy Chris Jericho. And he wanted to make sure that when he got into the arena, he got booed. And honestly, if you remember that run, it was arguably Chris Jericho's best run. And he was one of the great bad guys of that time. When he was feuding with Shawn Michaels, it felt real. You know, the Shawn Michaels-Chris Jericho feud was one of the best in the last 15 years. Sure. You know? So there is something to be said for full commitment to character. I'm sticking by my guns, though, in the sense that... It's just a different so, time. Well, yeah, and so much wrestling has changed. I mean, even think... I'm like starting to pull it apart... Look at the moves. I mean, you're going to get a red arrow. Mm-hmm. 
10, 15 years ago? No, of Just course so not. Of course, you're going to get true. the level of entertainment and pyro that we see at pay per views so at five, 10 years ago. Everything's escalated. Everything's dumbed down. Everything's all, there's different. More pyro five or 10 years ago. Okay. You know my issues. With I know. Pyro. I do. I should not have used that as an example. But yeah, okay. So you're saying that for every negative change, there's also positive changes. I, I just feel like technology and athleticism. And I'm going to put social media in the technology pool. Have changed wrestling. Period. Did you hear Brad Maddox got his release? You know, every time I'm on Twitter and something like Brad Maddox is is trending. Yeah, I'm really messed up by it. Like Tanaka. Right. You know, I'm like, oh, Tatanka's trending. No, that's Tanaka. I'm I'm excited to see what Brad Maddox does on the uh, on the Indies. Seriously? Yeah. Where do you think he's going? He's going to be all over the place. I mean, people. Like, he's very good. He's very good. He didn't do anything in WWE, unfortunately. It was just one of those things. He's a small guy. But, I mean, I think he's going to pop up everywhere. I feel like he didn't never had a moment. Well, he was Raw General Manager. It's Sam. That doesn't he count. wrestling. Exactly. He was the referee that turned on Ryback for no apparent reason. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And it's always good to me. You hear about guys like this, and they go like, oh, wait, you know, wait till you see what he's capable of. Wait till you see what he's capable of. I'm excited to see what he's capable of. I'm excited to show you how good Sammy Callahan can be now that he's mm. back on the Indies. Mm. You've been saying that for a while. Well, now he's back to be in the death machine, Sammy Callahan. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sammy Callahan is back in a big, big way. And You've never called him? The other name? How is it on the tip of my tongue? It's, uh, you know, Sammy wow. Callahan... He was in NXT. I know, dude. Come on. He was like, first he started as the hacker. Right. Salmon Crow. Yeah, there you go. Right. I would always be like, yeah, We would make the best Pictionary team ever. <laughs> totally. But only if it was wrestling. He was like in the ring. And I'd be like, yeah, this is what Sammy used to do. And you'd be like, Sammy Zane? And i go, no, I mean, I met Salmon Crow. Um, <laughs> he's going to be wrestling for Pro Wrestling Syndicate in a few weeks. Stop it. Yeah. so there. There he'll be there. All right. Let's cut this state of wrestling. I want to thank Katie Lindendahl for being here. Of course, uh, you got to do the Carmella interview with me. And I appreciate you uh, giving us access here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast to the great interview with Willie Geist that was performed by you and I on Katie.show, the greatest tech (laughs) podcast there is. I'm very grateful. We are in the top 10 in the world tech podcast. So even if you know nothing about technology, it's funny. Sam's always on there. It's like a tech lifestyles podcast. And I'm, I told you on the show, I'm starting to not have you as, as in the interviews because I always end up becoming the third wheel. Because <laughs> I get along show. with people. Well, <laughs> we heard it in the Willie Geist interview. Tell me this before we go. Yeah. Now that Willie Geist has said he thinks Undertaker John Cena. Ooh. Is it more of a reality for you? Yes. See, I was going to say Bray should start destroying everybody from now until WrestleMania and then destroy the Undertaker finally, but it's going to be Cena Undertaker. Agree. We'll see you next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Jesse. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at MilkSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.